0: Welcome to this week's episode of This Is Not A Who Cast, where we don't take notes. (laughs) Well, some of us don't take notes. Some (laughs) of the more astute of us do.
1: We don't take notes, which is why we have a new co-host slash special guest, depending on how long he stays.
0: Please stay forever, you have notes. <laughs> Hello, I'm Brendan. Welcome, Brendan. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Bo. I'm Daniel. Uh, and this is Not A Who Cast. So, uh, welcome, Brendan. We're very excited to have you here, and uh, we're very excited to hear uh, your take on today's topic, which is... We are going to be
1: talking about the reboot of Doctor Who, how that started, and Christopher Eccleston,
0: certainly the one with the best sweater. <laughs> And a leather jacket, a cool leather jacket. Leather jackets are cool. He definitely wouldn't say that, though. He would not say that.
1: Though he'd be like, ugh, you guys think stuff is cool? Fuck you.
0: <laughs> Fuck you and your coolness. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, the 11th Doctor trying to wear a leather jacket. It just wouldn't work. I mean... If, he, if it was tweed and it had leather patches. Ah, uh, okay, fair, yeah. <laughs> but like a full leather jacket, it'd just be like, come on, Grandpa, that's not you. The first
1: <laughs> time he wore that, he'd be like, that's cool. And then they'd be like... <sighs> and everybody would like be like, never wear that again. No, no, he would slowly get depressed throughout the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> he would become very brooding.
0: Mm. His ears would get bigger. Uh,
1: <laughs> So we have a post um, post hiatus, post time war doctor.
0: Ah, yes, Brendan, you had some interesting thoughts on the time war, did you not? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the time war was an interesting idea, but I, looking back at it now, what almost
1: twenty years later, well, fifteen oh, years wow. later, um, from the reboot, I think the time war was a mistake. I don't. Okay, I think that it has interesting ideas. And I think that... I, I, I like, like f- the from, idea of the Time War. I, I really like the idea from the Time War. I think they've done good stuff with it. I think they've done bad stuff with it. But I think that the idea itself is a good one. And, and I I just really like all the Big Finish stories revolving around the Time War. Like, everything Big Finish does in the Time War is brilliant.
0: See, for me, it's... Um, they and this I haven't listened to any of the Big Finish stuff. So, within the series canon, um, I struggle with the fact that they always use the time war as like a plot device but they never quite commit to a story like there was oh this is on the the far fringes of the time war featuring rassilon or like you know like it's always like we're gonna not show you but we're gonna talk about it a lot that that was what always kind of i I wanted to see in the thick of the time war type thing that was what i wanted that's what i
1: wanted from the 50th my my main concerns with the time war is the fallout from it because Doctor Who, as a person, he or she or they can do whatever they want, and there is no one to stop them. And I think, I think that's what Waters of Mars was about. <laughs> hmm. um, but the, the the entire new Who canon is just devoid of beings that can go against the Doctor because the Time Lords, in their first appearance back in what Second Doctor, um, mm-hmm. um appearance um they were all powerful and ever since then they've just been diminishing in power i think that that happened with the time War, the time lords in general throughout classic who as well but it did there's they did. always this vibe that the doctor is just a shitty time lord <laughs> and then we come to new who where he's not only a war hero but also... The Chosen One. The Chosen One. I hate that he's The Chosen One. I hate it so much. It's so dumb and I hate it. Um, but that's Chris Chibnall's stuff. So we got we got the, the War Doctor.
0: <laughs> we're, we're four we and a half <laughs> minutes and then we've already thrown <laughs> Chris Chibnall under the bus. <laughs>
1: it's, it's not Chris Chibnall. It's just the law around the character. Mm. Which Chris Chibnall ruined. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be mean to him. He's from the North. <laughs> I do like some of his writing. I like his historicals. Anyway, mm. so we have the time war to happen in this thing and it's it's huge and important and big and you're right. Everything <laughs> that everything everything good about the time war happened in Big Finish, like all Doctor Who's stuff that they fill in. But Every excuse. Every time a villain shows up, oh, you need to help us. We got destroyed because of the Time War. You know your your Time Lords, bunch of assholes. Uh, yeah. they're it, like Daleks, so but like with worse hats.
0: Also, they've given the Doctor a bit of a Superman complex in the sense mm-hmm. that he's he's kind of like the if he's the chosen one, if he's the all powerful one, no one can really stand up to him, and that kind of makes him everything that he didn't want to be in being mm-hmm. the Doctor. Yeah, or she, by the way. Like, Sorry. I, I think we should move on from the Time War because <laughs> I feel like we could spend an entire uh, episode can, on oh, this. It's that's almost actually like a good idea. It's almost like that war went for hundreds of years, and that's how long we could talk about it. Did it go for like hundreds it,
1: of years, or like literally instantly? I
0: thought <laughs> like it
1: was it happened all through time at once. Oh wow! Okay. Or, or I don't know because I don't know anything time. about See, the Time War because they never talk about it. All of the interesting <laughs> stuff about the Time War happens in Big Finish, and as someone who's listened to. Not all of it, but like a lot of it.
0: At least 19 of the 20 gigabytes. Oh yeah, you. Yeah, I, I sent <laughs> him 24 gigabytes of, of
1: stories that I've listened to. So let's finish on this t- subject for now. Okay, and let's move on to the interim between Classic Who and into 2005 and the relaunch of Doctor Who.
0: Now... Before we get into that, I have a quick question for you both. Yes. Are uh, you, you guys are both very much uh classic who and new who fans, right? Mm, mm. Yeah. I really so love Classic Who. There's not like a divide, you know, you, you can like both. It's a thing. I like Classic Who better, but no.
1: You can like both. Who cares? Like it cool. doesn't matter. It's it's all the same show. It's all the same universe. It's it doesn't there is no direct canon in Doctor Who. There's so much content out there that you can mm. pick and choose. How everything in this universe works. Yeah, the doctor is uh, the timeless child or half human. And it doesn't (laughs) matter. It just does not oh, matter. Yeah. They, they have a line. They have several lines saying, don't tell me the rules. Fuck mm. Canon. You know <laughs> this thing that you read? Fuck it. I don't care. Uh, I believe that was a direct quote.
0: Okay. So do you think uh, the hiatus, uh, obviously it, it's between... Well, the ni- hiatus 19, Doctor Who. 1989 to 2003. And that's not including Five. the film. 2005. No. Uh, 2005. <laughs> so um, with the, the film that occurred in the middle there, that was kind of like a... That was a failed relaunch. Yeah.
1: It did give us Paul McGann, which is a Paul McGann uh, is
0: uh, a treasure, and yes. I love him. Uh, and also goes on to have one of the coolest outfits in Doctor Who uh, in the Night of the Doctor, mm. um, which was a short that they released on YouTube. Um, mm, mm. So, yeah, do you think that that hiatus was a good thing for yes, Doctor Who? Yes, 100%. If you've seen the – like, um, actually, because
1: mm. I, my opinion is, like, we see the direct impact on this franchise from taking such a large hiatus from the early 90s all the way to the mid-2000s where a lot of really interesting sci-fi content was produced Mm. and Doctor Who has kind of been trying to catch up ever since. Mm. I think you're right. I think that the thing that made Modern Who different from Classic Who is that hiatus. If it, yeah. if it didn't go on hiatus, then um, the sixth Doctor was like, it was like, uh, what's the word? But it was just getting rid of all the viewers. No one cared. And by the time you had Seven and Ace, who are great mm-hmm. and amazing and I love them, he's got toys. I I, I, I have toys. Oh, Um, so we. If I. I uh, Sorry, if I forget uh, which doctor we're talking about, someone can just point to me uh, (laughs) and be like, "The one with the silly hair." uh, That's all. Well, there's yeah, there's a few of them.
0: (laughs) Uh, And I, I, I. I'm missing 13, but I do have 12 as well. Oh, nice, nice. So, Brendan, uh, this is your first podcast with us, uh, as we've said. Um, Would you just quickly um, tell us who is your favourite Doctor? Oh, by
1: far, that has to be Seven. Seven is just tweedish and rumpish (laughs) and has always got a great plan. If you are a companion you know you don't want to go with any modern doctors because they've got too high of a body count. <laughs> you go with Seven because he always has a plan. But right. also... So that he was will, Sylvester McCoy, um, correct? Yes. He, he reminds me a lot of uh, Levin, actually. Oh, yeah. But um, also he'll he he'll save you. You will be safe, but he will emotionally torture you. <laughs> He will take <laughs> you to a haunted house and have you relive your childhood nightmares yeah. for your own good and you may or may not end up being a time lord depending
0: on the so canon. He, he was the 80s, right? That was his his mm-hmm. era? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that feels very right for the 80s. They're like, you know what? How can we educate kids through fear and trauma? <laughs> I, I think by this point they <laughs> gave up on the <laughs> educational thing, but yes. <gasps> Just make them really frightened. Guns, you don't want to be shot by him. Let's have an episode about guns. <laughs> So we had the
1: we had seven and ace and that would have been great and if there was no hiatus, then I think that would've just sort of continued. But Doctor mm-hmm. Who wouldn't have been, wouldn't have become what it is now. It would have just stayed the same, more mm. or less. I mean, um, I know that at least two cartoon shows were actually tried to be produced during mm-hmm. that time. So there was actually Those the same people that um, uh, created the real Ghostbusters, the cartoon show. Oh yeah. tried to get the rights to Doctor Who, so they could actually make that. Richard yeah. E. Grant was the Doctor. Um and was that um, the one? I, uh, I don't. I know. think so. I think it was. Um. um I know uh, that you're thinking of the British. Version so that oh, they,
0: they try an American version. So
1: there was it's a Canadian company. Love, oh. It's a Canadian company. Canadian. <laughs> and um, the real Ghostbusters guys um, tr- pitched it to the BBC and they said no. Uh, so we could have had a real Ghostbusters-esque kind of mm. show with Doctor Who being Give, animated. For given one. the BBC budget, it might have worked. Um, and then uh, we had then we had the Richard E. Grant uh, cartoon, which was majorly overshadowed by the time it actually got released because they did finally, um, you know, announce that they were going to make it again, start making it again. Yeah, and then uh, since that happened, it immediately got cancelled. But I can maintain the master is a robot. Great idea. (laughs) So in the show, the master was going to be a robot that – was on board the TARDIS all the time with the Doctor and exclusively stayed on the
0: TARDIS so he could have been, you know, manipulating the companion or the Doctor. Right, so he was, like, sentient and, Mm. you know, going to build himself a body or something like that.
1: Yeah, something like that. And it it works within canon because in the movie he... uh, Explaining Doctor Who, it's kind of like being drunk. No one thinks... No one trusts you. (laughs) <laughs> but here's what happened in the movie. <laughs> he, the master turn, got executed by the Daleks because for the,
0: some reason the Daleks care about war crimes. Uh, this is the Paul the Paul McGann film. Yeah, this is the Paul yeah. McGann film.
1: And then uh, the master turned into a worm and then went into a human body and then uh, fell into the heart of a TARDIS at, at the, in the end. So in in the Richard E. Grant movie, he just sort of came back from the heart of TARDIS because the, the doctor needed a companion and who better than the guy that tried to kill you yeah of as course. a robot perfect so you, if he tries you get his intelligence and if he tries to kill you, you just shut him down
0: do you, know, do you know what i think was a, a really good thing for when it did finally return in 2005 um i think something that really helped it from a viewership point of view was uh at that point the big deal was harry potter
1: Mm,
0: and I think because like of Buffy, the but go ahead. well, that too, that was definitely a, a the, huge. The thing. shows that
1: the creators have openly talked about that inspired not only the BBC to go back and start making it again was also Star Trek, um, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, oh, and yeah. also. Um, the Stargate shows. I don't. Think, I don't mean. From I don't think Harry Potter has anything to do with it because that's a movie, that's fantasy, and that's a, that feels. And different. that's what, what I mean it,
0: from a from an international market. What I mean is that British content was very popular at that time because Harry Potter kind of brought that. Um, like I, I know, as a kid, I loved um, Harry Potter, and I was interested in all things British at that time. So I think that that was. It may not have had an, a direct correlation, but I think it was definitely a. a, a it would have been something that might have Perhaps.
1: helped. But um, the thing is that uh, America really didn't get Doctor Who until the 11th Doctor. True.
0: I, I don't mean uh, I don't mean America specifically. I mean like an international market.
1: And In, um, also just a quick little note for my notebook here. He uh, has a notebook. He's I, overshadowing us. <laughs> um, not only uh, just around the time that the 9th Doctor's um, show was greenlit um, – just there was actually a generational change at the top management at the BBC. Oh yeah, all of them are fans of classic who. Um
0: and yeah, so you all you the old guys old died d- and they <laughs> and younger interns got promoted or Not something. Not Colin, <laughs> Colin Baker Colin Baker never he die. Was, he was still there. <laughs> just bitching about it.
1: Um yeah, so like um a lot there was a large generational change and the BBC recently had actually opened up the Cardiff location to start filming stuff and they, about half a decade beforehand, they had a location where they could actually film with a crew with experience. It's a good thing that a rift uh, in space and time opened up exactly where they were filming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, please explain to me more about the Buffy uh, phenomenon. Um, You know more about this than I do. So uh,
1: with the Buffy phenomenon, uh, the BBC Channel 2 got the rights to show the first two seasons of the show initially. And when they aired it, they were shocked by how, well, surprisingly, broad of the audience were Mm. that was a big hesitant for the bbc because they did not want little shows they wanted broad shows so they could increase their viewership exactly um and well buffy the vampire slayer had a mixed audience of nerds and also young women who wanted to see a strong female character yeah yeah cool um and that is what Buffy gave to them. And so that inspired a lot of the new senior staff to go forth and actually
0: let this show happen. They were against it at first. And then somebody did the projection of how much money they'd make. And they'd be like, fine,
1: do it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's also interesting that um, around that time, that the BBC not only was uh, hesitant to work with other companies, because that. Um, because they had been burned quite a few times with other shows that they had co-produced with private entities.
0: So that's also an interesting uh, concept as well, because when you think of the uh, character of uh, Rose, Rose Tyler, Mm. um, that's a very kind of Buffy the Vampire Slayer character in the sense that she was this young girl that was kind of cool and hip and all that sort of thing, and she gets thrust into this world of – of monsters and aliens. Yeah. And, and,
1: and in season one she was really good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was um uh, departure from what everyone remembered.
0: Yeah. So um And she was, was actually a very successful pop star at the time. She was. Um yeah. Uh, uh, Billy Piper. Yeah, yeah, What was the song? What was that? Oh. It was the it was like one of those tragically pop-ish songs. Okay, it's so that she die in the womb. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> So, um, so Billy Piper got cast to play Rose. Rose in season one is a really good introduction character to us, and it's introducing a new audience to Doctor Who. Yeah, I didn't watch hmm. it until two thousand and seven. But the entire point of—I mean, that's only two years later. I know, but the entire point of the reboot is you've never seen Doctor Who. Here's Doctor Who. That's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's why the first episode is so important. We have the introduction character from uh, from Rose. And she's, she's really good mm. um, in season one.
0: So let, let's, before we, we get into the full specifics on uh, Companions, let's have a chat about Chris Eccleston, the okay. ninth Doctor. Yes. So Christopher Eccleston,
1: do you like him in Doctor Who as the Doctor? Because yes. I do. He's very edgy. He's mm. so edgy. He's, he's And look he, at them ears. He got, this is five minutes after the Time War, so he fits and I... I don't know what they would have done after season one if he had stayed, if he had, if he would have softened up a bit. But I do like the idea of him suffering from post traumatic stress disorder because of the time war, mm. and then and then essentially recovering from that because of Rose, and then regenerating at the end. Yeah, it works with the story, but I don't like it. I wanted him to stay longer. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I actually have a little bit of trivia about Christopher Eccleston and the showrunner at the time. They both had done a short series where Christopher Eckerson portrayed a character that was the second coming of Christ. I'm, oh, fine. I out. am immensely interested.
0: Um, he looks very Jesus. He also played John <laughs> Lennon at one point. So, so John, essentially the same character. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're bigger than Jesus, Brit- you know. British
1: Jesus. Uh, I, I can't remember what the show was na- uh, called, but it, I, it was only two parts. It was a very interesting... Um, little bits of information for you It there. was
0: uh, called Christ from the North. Oh, God. <laughs> he does use his
1: native accent oh as well. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't. Uh, it's some... I mean... I want to th- see it, though. He does have a long speech in it as well. I can confirm that. Yeah. I, well. From the clip I've, uh, I sounds, watched. That sounds incredible. Okay. I mean, so he has
0: a very Jesus-y look about him. Like, he's, you know, he's got that kind of angular face and... I mean, I what we haven't really had many accurate portrayals of Christ in terms of his ethnicity. One of the it, things, yeah,
1: yeah, one of the things that um, they wanted to do for the reboot was to have the ninth Doctor be like normal. Mm. Essentially, they wanted to, they didn't want you to be like, sixty foot scarves yeah, and yeah. He celery to
0: sticks. Be the kind of guy that could be outside the pub. On, you know, the street corner type thing. Like, he could be anyone. The weird stuff happens to him, but he is
1: normal. Yeah. I I understand why they did it. I just don't like it. It's not my favorite look for the Doctor. I wanted him to be a
0: bit weird. What I think is interesting... He also hates humans. So, we flash forward to the 10th Doctor, for example. And I found that his costuming looked very costumey. I think that he has this good balance of costume... But you could see
1: an eccentric man making this decision.
0: Yeah. Oh look, I'm wearing sand shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That quote will never get old. Mm, I, I I just it's very plain. Like
1: mm. like nine and ten, they probably are the plainest costumes out of all of them. I like the I think that the coat works. The coat for works for sure. I think that the the thing that ten has over nine is that if you dress up as nine you may or may not
0: be dressed up yeah yeah definitely okay yeah i I, whereas i found that 11's costuming always looked like it was still a real person's clothing oh yeah you took a picture
1: of that guy on the bus yeah, the old man. The thing that works for Eleven's costume is that he's just... I picture of somebody else. Like oh, thank I God t- for that. I'm glad that you didn't just randomly
0: <laughs> take a picture. You Googled you just it. just didn't ask. I just lurked <laughs> from the back row and took a photo of some old dude that was wearing some tweed. I thought that tweed. you did. <laughs> but,
1: um, yeah, I, I like the costume for most Doctors. Um, I think the Ninth Doctors is too normal for me. And I think that if they had gone for a second season with the Ninth Doctor, they would have given him, into, given him um, another
0: outfit, a new outfit. Right. So uh, do you know what I think is cool about his, his outfit, though? Like you said, it, you could just not be dressed up. If you're going to a convention or something like that and you just kind of want to chill, you don't want to be too uncomfortable, that is the perfect costume. Because people are like, mm. oh, what are you dressed up as? And you're like, oh, I'm the Ninth Doctor. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, the sweater and the leather jacket. Nice. I dress up like a serial
1: maniac. <laughs> they dress like everyone else. <laughs> Okay, so, so uh, Christopher Eccleston comes on board. Everything's nice and lovely and everyone loves each other forever, right? Until it's not. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, what happens? <laughs> Tell me.
0: It's like, it's like one of those um, those serial killer um, documentaries where they're like, it was the perfect relationship until it wasn't. <laughs>
1: um, so, um, so things
0: fell apart a little things bit. Things
1: fell apart. If you hear the behind-the-scenes stuff that happened, uh, you can see why. But the... Um, I believe no, tell me, tell me, tell me what happened. Oh, okay. This is this is Christopher Eccleston, a brilliant, charismatic actor that we can all agree that did a good job with the content yeah, that he was given. It. Now the question is, what happened behind the scenes? Tell me. Okay, so, bunch of shit. <gasps>
0: I know. Spill the tea, Okay, game. for one... <laughs> no, um, no, no,
1: drink the tea. <laughs> don't, don't waste tea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a Doctor Who podcast. We don't spill tea here. Um, who's the actor who plays Jack? Um, <laughs> <But isn't laughs> uh, John Barrowman. John Barrowman. He's so John
1: Barrowman was sexually harassing his um his uh, castmates. Oh, was um, that
0: part of Eccleston's? Well, he didn't say it, but like I assume. so. Um, and the
1: um, and you have the actor who plays Mickey Smith, who is an actual monster. But I don't think that happened on set, so I don't think that directly affected. I, the way I read Eccleston? it,
0: uh, from what Christopher Eccleston said, that it was actually more to do with the production. Well, yeah, but if you're the
1: producer up top and you're not stopping someone from getting his dick out, that's, that's no that's production what I mean, issue. That's,
0: what I mean, it was it was more to do with them not um, supporting the people on that were working on the project, mm-hmm. and I mean that in the most sort of holistic it, way. It's
1: a massive toxic environment. Yeah, that um, they didn't fix for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he got sick of it. Yeah. I assume he hasn't told me shit. Mm. Uh, but he does hate Russell T. Davis, which it was very funny for him to find out because he's like, oh, now that Russell T. Davis is back, do you think that uh, we'll get the Knife Doctor back? No. no.
0: Yeah, well, the reason I thought that was because I remember at the time of the 50th, Chris Eccleston had wanted something to occur for him for him to come back on board. He wanted a particular story to be included for The Ninth Doctor mm. and he also had somebody that he wanted to direct that particular part and I just assumed at the time that he was referring to Russell T Davies. Mm. But turns out he actually said that the relationship between himself and the showrunner and producers broke down so irreparably that he will never work with any of them again. So that kind of dashes any hopes of a Chris Eccleston return in the future.
1: Um, until um, Big Finish. Well, if everyone embraces Big Finish. Well, Big Finish isn't BBC. That has to be remembered. They're a private entity. Mm. They're a private entity that essentially bought the rights, uh, audio rights? The audio rights. They bought the audio rights to um, to Doctor Who and they're doing better things. Mm. Than the BBC is, but well, in they also don't have in the limits of
0: of visual component to work with, True. so the budget can be utilised more effectively in terms of uh, offering people like Chris Eccleston good money to do the show. <laughs> so, but yeah, that and he doesn't need to
1: work with the BBC. So yeah, that we, too. I'm getting, I'm going to get more Ninth Doctor, so I'm happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm very. excited I just excited wanted to, to see, see him.
0: I wanted to see him regenerate I too. I wanted to see him in the 50th. Like, I mean, I see him regenerate from the War Doctor into Ninth, even if it was just a moment where he had, oh, his, where he had his first line, where he just got to say his first thing, and then that like, would have been great. But what guy. if
1: instead I gave you a badly photoshopped uh, version in the 50th, where the War Doctor <laughs> has hit half of his face? It's
0: kind of uh, vaguely looks like a monster version of Christopher X <laughs> <laughs> What I would have loved to have seen, and this is just purely for my own, like, imagination enjoyment um is him regenerate into uh from the war doctor into the ninth doctor and then he looks down at himself like the clothes of the war doctor all his things and he's like "Ugh, get this stuff off me and i I
1: think he would have been more disgusted in himself
0: yeah but like he just wanted to to shed it all and and start Uh, mm -hmm. fresh
1: according to a um a book that i read the (laughs) I read a book. It's really dumb. Look how how um genius you this guy is. Uh, <laughs> He's wearing glasses, glasses, glasses though.
0: Oh. Dan's just like uh, I so, got uh, so I got to mention my books. Shut
1: the fuck up. So <laughs> I read, so I read a book about uh that was taking place like right after he regenerated. It was the 50th oh, anniversary okay. book. Uh, they, they uh, Stephen Moffat wrote the book based on. I didn't just bring up the fact that I wrote a, that I read a book. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs>
0: I love it's that irrelevant. <laughs> I love that like settled on your mind for like a, a few moments, you're like, hang on a minute, god damn it. Oh my so god
1: sorry. My. You so read the a book at uh, the 50th. The 50th anniversary, um, and it had a scene with the ninth doctor regenerating. And the reason in the in the um in the in the first episode rose that he didn't know what he looked like is because he smashed all of the mirrors in the TARDIS. Oh, okay, that's cool. Mm, is it? That's a bit emo. There you but go. <laughs> but exactly. Uh, this, this is very emo nice. doctor. It's very nice. He's wearing all black. Yeah. He's, he's got a red shirt underneath to show yeah. the blood that he spelt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He hates
0: everyone. Uh, he even well, hates Rose. I like that it was a real um, post-traumatic stress type. Doctor, mm-hmm. and th- especially the episode where he sees the Dalek for the first time. Oh, like, that's amazing. Uh, he's that like, what the? It's,
1: it's probably the second best episode uh, in that season, and it's probably one of the most remembered moments. Mm. Yeah, for me it is, for sure. Mm. If you haven't seen it, you should um, listen to Jubilee, uh, which is what that story is based on. Oh. But it is a really good version of that story. Which is actually a sixth Doctor um, if you want to look at my chart here. (laughs) My Doctor chart. It's the one that looks like a clown. Not that one, the other one.
0: So um, what what did you enjoy about what Christopher Eccleston brought to the role?
1: I think that keeping it grounded was a good idea. Yeah. Especially for the first season. I'm really glad that it only lasted a season because I wanted to get into more interesting Doctor Who, got got fun monsters and stuff. What
0: I think is cool about it as well as because you only get a limited amount of it, you always want more. And I think that's a really good place to leave off. Mm. Like it's 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 it sucks when a, sh- a character or a show, and this is why Peter Capaldi said he didn't want to take too much time as the Doctor. He said, I think he said he could have done it forever. Uh, he loved it that much. But at the same time, he didn't want to deprive fans of the opportunity to see new and different stories with a different face for the doctor so uh i I quite um, like that he had a uh, that chris eccleston had a short run yeah and then i always think what if he got at least one more season
1: i always think that he should have gone until season three Mm. because you had that ending with season three with the doctor being turned into a creepy baby and everything's gone to hell and then you know prayer and then he gets all better um but it would have been we're better. not we're not talking about 10 I, today. I, we're talking about I, I, I know, but I think that's when Just the Ninth doctor should have regenerated.
0: Ah, oh, okay, fair cool. Mm. Um um so S- so Brendan, what did you like about um what Christopher Eccleston brought to the role? The the scene uh, wh- which episode is the one set in
1: World War 2? Uh that's The Empty Child. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The Empty Are Child. Are you my mummy? Uh, the the scene at the end of that is Everybody lives so. everyone lives that that is yeah. his best scene by it's far. that was so Stephen Moffat. I wish that that's the only time that scene happened and it wasn't constantly just a Stephen Moffat thing, but
0: at the time it was a it was
1: a one-off Stephen Moffat thing. so it's great a- anyway um it's it's a lovely moment and it, I think so that's good. um it's if from a the point of view of the um like war veteran come back home like that's his I'm trying to make something good. And yeah, yeah. I want to do one good thing. Mm. Mm. I yeah. like that. I think that that's some of his best acting. And when that happened, I'm like, this guy's the doctor. Yeah, mm. yeah. I yeah. believed it. Like, yeah. the, the you got the two scenes. you got the one with the Dalek where he's freaking out. And that's the only time the Daleks have been scary. Mm. Uh, and what, what I enjoy... I mean, the Daleks have been scary in the past. It's just
0: Camp. Yeah. Was, was there? True. And the, the doctor's like, haha I've defeated you, Dalek, with these stairs, and my plunger can crush your skull." <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it, yeah, I, yeah, that episode with the Daleks, it was basically like, "All right, I'm the writer. Give me a checklist. What's everything that Doctor Who fans and everyone else makes fun of Doctor of Daleks to have?" All right, plunger, we're gonna, fix it. gonna, we're gonna make them go upstairs. <laughs> let's go, all right, we're gonna have a scene where they go upstairs. Thing well, number one, slide. stairs. And then, Stairs uh, are very important. Everyone's like, oh, the plunger? Fucking kill someone with the plunger. <laughs> That's essentially Violently a, kill yeah, them with the, a plunger. So you have the, the basis is Jubilee, which is a much better story. But you have a checklist of, all right, fans, we know you. We know what you want. We know what you expect.
0: And we're going to give you something completely different.
1: We're going to give you that. But also, we're going to make a good... <laughs>
0: Um, I think what I enjoyed about what Christopher Eccleston brought to the role is that, um, I guess, I know that as classic... I I was never much of a classic Who fan, but I always got the impression that they cast it in a way that was kind of a little bit whimsical and a little bit silly. Sometimes. The first three Doctors, I don't think, are that. I
1: I think the main thing that you need to remember when you're casting a Doctor is that they need to have an interesting face. Not ugly, per se, but they need to be you can draw a cartoonist version yeah like a caricature you'd be like
0: that guy's an alien i can see it but also for me it was it was because they cast somebody like chris eccleston and subsequently david tennant uh people who were like staunch sort of theater really serious actors like Mm. people that could could get those moments and really really give a like a human experience in there as well as a cool sci-fi thing i thought that was something that very much attracted me to the character of the doctor as well. For the 2005 um,
1: reboot, do you know who the first choice for the, th- for the ninth doctor was? Wasn't it Hugh Grant? Yes. Mm. Hugh Grant was mm-hmm. five minutes away from being the ninth doctor. I would like that. Cause he's a good actor. He's a great actor. He's a good actor, but I just, I don't know if you want Maybe to he see was... him as the doctor, like that, that sort of campness <gasps> do you know what for him. What's Paddington? Do you know what would have
0: been so, oh, Paddington too is the best, sequel ever i've never e- watched either oh, you haven't oh my god Brendan! this weekend you have to watch paddington one and two they are two of the we most are delightful to, films you'll ever watch you're giving me serious pug energy right now <laughs> <laughs> it's infectious he I constantly haven't, does that i get it's too excited i'm like
1: <laughs> he owns a pug if you don't know i do i think you'll dig it um and also that kind of energy oh is what goodness. i want him i wanted him
0: to have for the doctor that
1: would be the perfect
0: halloween costume for my pug remus would be a paddington <laughs> costume
1: all right uh we anyway, sorry we digress we digress um so yeah so he was originally going to be it
0: um christopher eccleston he, he, was cast afterwards here's the thing he said no now can you imagine if mm-hmm. hugh grant had been cast as the doctor Oh, no, that wouldn't work. Okay. I just thought how cool... How cool it would it have been if instead of John... Well, I love John Hurt as the War Doctor, but instead of uh, John Hurt, they'd cast Hugh Grant as an older man, as the War Doctor.
1: I don't want someone that could be the Doctor for, like, more than a season to be the War Doctor. I want him to be the Doctor, but, like, for, like, three seasons. Give me him.
0: Oh, right. Okay, yeah, because, um... Well, we know that we can't do three seasons with um John Hurt anymore. Well, this is sad. That hurt. Anyway, um...
1: <laughs> So, Christa Eccleston...
0: Maybe cut that one out, Lexi. That was a bit dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
1: Lexi. Leave it in, but also leave this in. <laughs> uh, not all the puns. <laughs> so, l- let us move on Fair from enough. our favourite episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the companion, Rose. I think Rose, in this, in, in this first season, and only this, is good. Then they kept bringing her back, and she kept getting worse.
0: So, nobody wants to address the elephant in the room? what that they had a bit of a sort of father-daughter vibe and then they changed that to boyfriend girlfriend vibe in the next season
1: uh there's actually a a little there's a line in the first episode where he actually
0: uh, Of of the ninth doctor uh
1: alludes that he actually was actually throughout her entire life there and slowly crafting her to become the perfect companion yeah th- there's a, um, that's he, weird he says yeah. um bike when you were nine Ew, i thought that, I, the, like that. I, I thought the the implication was that he was just santa claus no that like, oh he, that's he, much worse yeah i like i like my version better when he's <laughs> santa claus he's got a tar full of gifts and he goes around to kids and stuff. Oh no! No, I hate it! If they ever go away! We well, <laughs> gotta uh, cancel the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks.
0: He's like uh he's he's like Batman, just wherever he goes, he's seeking a robin.
1: I hate it. Yeah. Um and w- we haven't addressed the fact that um uh Rose was heavily inspired by Ace, who was um six's sorry, I'm seven's companion. Yeah, I've got my chart. <laughs> I've got my charts. <laughs> Um, I just need to add 13 onto it because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's official. Uh, Ace is a better version of Rose. I, uh, for I for I, those who don't know Ace, Ace is me. a London, uh, a woman, a young woman from London who is a working class and she's from modern day. And that was modern take, day,
0: the eighties <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was taken by the show creators and used as very heavily inspiration for Rose.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Um, and again, we've got that Buffy the Vampire Slayer energy too. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Uh, that Although was we didn't get the uh, the the vampires of Venice till um, <laughs> until <laughs> till sometime time <twirl>. later. Oh, <laughs> uh, if happened.
1: if they had just shot those vampires v- from Venice with a rocket launcher, <laughs> mm, just commit. I don't like Rose. Obviously, I've said that multiple times. Mm. But in this, I think she's good. What about you guys? Do you, do you actually like her? Yeah, I've always loved. It. I've always loved Rose
0: as a character. I think Billy Piper's is actually. Um, She's A really she, great actress. She's
1: too. a really good actress, and I, I want to see her in more
0: things. Uh, do yourself a favor, watch her in Penny Dreadful. She's fantastic. Ooh, who is she in Penny Dreadful? She's essentially like she plays like the bride of Frankenstein, oh, oh, that's okay. cool. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah it's um, really
1: cool. I, I, I think she's good in this season. I agree with Dan, but as the
0: character does go along, it just doesn't work. Yeah, the, I think they focus too much on the romance between the Doctor and, yeah, and Rose. And that's actually
1: kind of, all of the all of the aliens and the adventures and all the stuff that that was like, hey, you're all the companion. Come and be an adventure. You're dating the doctor now. Isn't it great? No, I don't want to be an asshole. That like, so Rose's problem. My problem with Rose is that she's like, I hate everyone.
0: All of these people are interrupting my boyfriend. So speaking of and um, kissing, speaking of, uh and
1: Don is better. <sighs> We're not on ten yet. Fine, go ahead
0: or uh, yeah Dan Dan just loves Martha 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 uh, go go just Anyway don't, so don't, um uh, <laughs> don't bring up 10 yeah uh, okay so <laughs> what i was going to say was um, Rose aside the only other kind of significant um, companion in the ninth doctor's world was Captain Jack Harkness and i don't know if Poor i'm Mickey
1: Mickey, well, dr-
0: Mickey traveled more than Jack did but, but like, you know Mickey did it uh, <laughs> anyway. He was really Rose's companion and so I guess the the thing that I sh- didn't like with Jack Harkness was I n- I didn't understand. I, I guess the Doctor was kind of like a bit plain, but then they brought this other eccentric time traveler guy into the mix as well, and I was kind of like, yeah, this guy's a bit loud and a bit too much, but people seem to love the character. So, and um, then they gave him his own spin off. That was Torchwood, right? Mm-hmm. He was yeah. I think he, that he's really good, but I think that he gets better later. Yeah, so that was kind of like the uh, introductory to him. Um, and it was fun. Okay, so let's, uh, that being said, uh, Jack had his own sort of ship, right? hmm So let's talk about production design because I found that that first season was the real kickoff. Before we do move into production design, I just
1: want to say Doctor Who should never have a love companion. No. No, no that's fair No, enough. never. No. I, I think that it's better, like, you establish a friendship uh, that's probably
0: the best one, or an apprenticeship. I like the teacher-student one that happens later. Yep. So, like your Bill Potts and your your Martha to the doctor mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah. Now, with production d- design, that this was one of the first notes I took when I was looking back at these episodes was
1: how overlit everything is.
0: Mm, it has, almost has that like flary kind of like soft glow, and it sticks around for quite a few seasons. Mm.
1: Is it just the Russell T Davis era or did that come into the think Steve Moffat was, era as well? No,
0: everything changed with Moffitt. That was when they... I, I don't know if they got a, a budget bump or what happened. Or I think they did. Moffat brought his own team. But I, I, there's a significant difference in the production quality between 10 and 11. Mm. Like I, Matt Smith... You can watch the Matt Smith stuff like from the first episode and it's, it's quality today. Like it still looks good. Whereas if you watch nine and ten it's a little bit like you know this is early 2000s tv type thing what Mm. did you guys think of the interior of the tardis i like it was i like that there was a steampunk vibe
1: i like that they i I think it's a good decision that each doctor would change the interior of the tardis to suit their needs
0: or yeah and their personal style
1: Mm. i think that it's it looks good uh i like the natural vibe i like the coral but i I think that it should have yeah, changed. round things. I think it should have changed later, but now, in, as an introduction, I, I really like it. I dig it. Mm. Um, it should have changed after season three. A lot of shit stuff. A lot of um, the production and the costume and everything We're else. We're not on that, that yet. yet like, We're <laughs> not <laughs> on
0: ten. Um, so, Brendan, because this is your first podcast and you've missed a few with this where we've discussed certain elements that we really enjoy, um, what would you say would be your favourite TARDIS interior? Oh, uh, you can't go past the original. It's it's okay.
1: iconic. It, it's it's very simple. It's simple. It is a simple beautiful design. It, it screams sci-fi kitsch. Oh, mm. yeah, 100%. But you but also like 12 um interior is lovely as
0: well. Oh, that's probably my favorite. Yeah. The, right.
1: the library vibe. Mm. So with production design, oh, um we, we 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 can um we can talk about how the Doctor regenerated into 10 right now this regeneration it did work because it was that golden flame a regeneration a new hope kind of thing
0: right so as i was saying before we began recording um don't mention those this is this is spontaneous (laughs) we walk in and we don't take notes and we just go yeah we we wing (laughs) it just pretend it was all part of the plan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, a, as we previously discussed, not today, like forever ago, uh, <laughs> I, um, what I thought that was, being a newbie to Doctor Who, I didn't watch Classic Who, I thought no, that, that's fine that that regeneration was just how it happened. And then when I mm. did a bit of YouTubing previous um, Doctor Regenerations, I was like, oh, it hasn't always been the same. No, it used to be very thematic.
1: the um the idea of
0: the regeneration flash yeah the way
1: that the doctor regenerates each doctor the transition with a glowing face like each transition between the doctors would be a a small analogy between what those two doctors kind of were oh that's cool like that's what i think and that's why i'm for a different generation sequence for each doctor Mm. i think that one of the that it was a it was a decision that they made i think that it was I think that it works, but I think that you're right, that the classic one is better. But I think that just having a standard, this is what regeneration looks like for everyone. Part of the modern production design is simplifying things. Mm. Yeah. We're going to standardize everything. This is what regeneration looks like, being one of them. Mm. I, and it's too late and you can't go back. You can't, I think this is just how the doctors will re- regenerate for until this show gets cancelled again. Yeah. <laughs> um, Only to be revived some years later. <laughs> I,
0: I think um, one thing I do like about the difference in each regeneration is the idea that um, they all happen kind of differently. So obviously you get Matt Smith had that big whopper where he blew up a bunch of um, Dalek ships with his oh, regeneration yeah, the, energy. But then uh, when he actually changed, it was like he sneezed. I don't like that i hate that That's i know you're so dumb i love it i think it's so good because you're expecting more like i'm like please don't go doctor don't <laughs> go and then he's like, One of and the you're things, like whoa it's a new guy so the production design
1: aside i really like the way that nine regenerates that he's trying to comfort rose he's like it's, it's gonna be fine because because you got ten <laughs> fine i won't bring up ten <laughs>
0: totally only taken three times, and it's like, okay, I, I won't talk about it. Not, not yet, not but yet. We got next week. So, what did you like about uh, Christopher Eccleston's farewell? In terms, of, I, I, I like that he kind of kicked off the big speech. Do so you don't like that? You know, I like don't the, like some of the big speeches, but I like when he did it because he he did it for a reason. Everything that he did was for a purpose. Yeah. Whereas, rather than because that's the way it's done, whereas the the next Doctor Who, whom I shall not name uh <laughs> tens was whiny yeah, yeah it was
1: very whiny and and his entire arc is very, like vain, very vain i'm gonna die everything's hurt.
0: i think matt smith was the best farewell speech
1: we'll just dis- you know what we can discuss that we could do a whole podcast on next farewell week. speeches next week <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss it next week okay okay anyway uh cool so we got the, the we got the interior of the TARDIS, which looks great we have the regeneration um glowy energy which looks great we have the villains that
0: that don't uh let's talk about uh late uh sorry mid 2000s early 2000s really fashion so will piper (laughs) had the bell-bottom jeans and the british flag crop top one of the things i love is that you can tell throughout
1: doctor who history the fashion because it's like we have the doctor that you know that's what d- year it was yeah we have the doctor that's wearing. dressed in like this weird stuff and we have the uh, companions that are dressed as the companions are but then we have these extras that bring their own stuff because we don't have the money
0: yeah and then you've got the man that dressed like he was going to a cricket match <laughs> 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 with decorative vegetables
1: yeah fair play to him. hymn that many men can pull off a decorative vegetable <laughs>
0: There's actually a reason for it,
1: but it's dumb. What, can you tell we'll, me the reason? We'll, we'll talk about it <laughs> next week when he appears <laughs> in 10. Oh, nice. Hey. Yes, good. Okay. So um, we have all the aliens and stuff that are all that. Um, we have one episode with all the aliens. Uh, that's the Saigons. Uh, that's the Satellite 5. No, the Satellite, oh. the end of the world. Uh, I think it's called the end. That's of the World That's the regeneration
0: while. episode, right? The f- no, no. Um,
1: there's it's second episode. End of the world.
0: Oh yes, yes. Where ev- all those different en- envoys are uh, watching the Earth explode or whatever.
1: Yeah, and then they all miss it because of and some
0: uh, lady's skin. You know, I, I give you air from my lungs. That was fun. I yeah. love that. Mm. He, was how so su- he was so into. Su- he, so su- he was so suave about it too. Like, oh, I love how improv
1: it seemed. It's like. Didn't bring a gift. I know these guys are morons. <laughs> it didn't feel like he knew their the culture. Sure. It felt like he was
0: improvising. They, and I like, they look kind of that. silly. They're they're tree people. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what was the um,
1: saigons the uh, the green blobby guys that? Oh the no, the, uh,
0: no, that was not Zygons. That was the uh, Raxic what are they? Fraxicoracophallopatorius. Um, Co. Co. Phallopatorius. Yeah, that's um, their surname. The no, fact no,
1: no. that you have their entire name memorized. Disturbs I me. Mean, I'm <laughs> the one with the notes. <laughs> what was his? What was it? What they the called? The Slavine. The Slavine. Yeah. Thank the 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 you. I didn't, you I I didn't know Slavine, but I knew their last name.
0: Fraxicoracophallopatorius.
1: I love how he figured that out. I love that he. He's like, uh, he has a bunch of shit, and it's like, narrows it down, narrows it down, narrows it down, and he's like.
0: I like that they cast a woman who looked uncannily like a Slovene. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna. T- I was, I'm. I want to talk about the costumes that
1: look and functioned like shit <laughs> <laughs> and then the cgi that a big <laughs> rubbery suit the cgi that they did not know how was going to work so they just shot random hallways in different ways yeah, yeah. there's a reason that um, it was like
0: just a hand would come out of nowhere and grab somebody's face i really like the
1: sarah jane adventures but there's a reason they're not on doctor who and are on the sarah jane adventures instead well, i don't want to talk too much about
0: the other guy <laughs> but um you know the, what's that episode 10th. later where um the uncle uh, scrooge no no it's that one we never talk about the um the, you know there's every epi- every season of doctor who has the episode no one wants to talk about and it was the the big um Is the, it thi- the, f- the absorber off oh the absorber uh. off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm glad uh, you brought it up oh wait not glad it's not even in the right season yeah you but, brought it up right. And it wasn't even in this season. But, you rat bastard. But
0: they are like a sister planet to the Slitheen, So oh, that's why they that's look similar. That's why they similar. look like
1: shit. Yes, uh, yes. I hate you. <laughs> Every that's time the I think worst it. episode. The only thing I remember from that is that that slab wouldn't have a blowjob. What? That is a joke that happened in that episode <laughs> and you brought it up. <laughs> the, um, I hate you. You uh, suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: So yeah, uh, I just I have nightmares about that episode. I uh,
1: don't until you brought it up. I can't, it's the only thing I can think about. <laughs> can we um, bring up the music uh, that's in the music this show? The music was very
0: so. That was our uh, Murray Gold. I think was the um, yeah. I can't oh, Murray um, Gold. Yeah, and uh, uh, he has been. I don't know if he left after he,
1: Russell T. Davis. No, he, he didn't. He no, left he sta- um, after, I think, 11.
0: Yeah, he stayed on for Matt Smith. I so see. what I love is that each Doctor had this kind of thematic um, music for themselves, which was mm. really cool. Yeah, and I, I like that it's recognisable, mm. and but different. Yeah, like you know when you're listening to a score that was for nine and then you know mm. when you're listening for one that was 10 and then you definitely know when you get 11s.
1: Mm. Mm. Not saying like icon- more iconic or anything, just... Just saying, yeah, yeah just saying. <laughs> My doctor is the best doctor. <laughs> oh, everyone says that. My doctor is also the best doctor. Can we talk about how much death there is uh, in this season? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually wrote, I actually Googled and had to go through quite a bit of Wikipedia to find out how many deaths were in this. Okay, season. so you have it written down. I have it written down. I'm gonna guess. Um, it is not the most in New Who. I want to guess. Oh, wow. Uh, no. I want. I want to guess twelve. Mm-mm. i'm gonna say 64 Mm-mm. 89. Oh, 89 89 on screens either like people about to die Heaps of like extras died yeah like, oh like okay
0: they were like the guy they were the, the token i'm gonna get killed in this hallway because okay. i'm a lone character
1: so you have uh you have that tree um mm. uh, whose name i can't remember um the one with the air so you have her. You have um, the person that. Got Are we gonna name all eighty nine of them? <laughs>
0: every every person that died in that season. There's a lot, but some of them were just like soldiers or technicians or like yeah people extras. That, yeah.
1: Every time there was a soldier, I'm like, why aren't you from unit? <laughs> because well, they were easing into it they're saving that they're saving that
0: for next season much, much like everything, us they're saving that for next <laughs> week
1: everything <laughs> good we gotta save we haven't got the budget okay. we need to make sure that this works and that's the entire like the thing holding the first season back is that we need to make sure that it works once it works and we've established that it works and
0: it's popular again then we can start then we can start doing good stuff
1: I feel like that is the best statement for this entire season and Doctor it's we're not gonna do full doctor who straight away we're going to get everything working to the point where the audience likes it and
0: then we'll it was like when jj J. abrams did star trek he's like how can i make this cool for the general public mm. yeah and he failed no he didn't. No he, <laughs> di- no he didn't
1: i don't think he did if for that specific statement i don't think
0: he did i think he made star trek uh
1: work for a new generation it hasn't worked since he's touched it financially
0: yeah yeah but uh, anyway, so anyway, let's talk about like oh, let's let's finish on what's our favourite thing about the ninth doctor.
1: I like that it started Doctor Who again. I can't I, like no matter how much uh, how cheap and how much and like all the all the stuff that's like the classic Who was better. Doctor
0: Who was dead mm. completely. Well, the only thing that they had the books, they had, they had the, the magazines, scenes, they had from the, the, the commercial books, commercial success point of view. And, like, v- v- the, For the TV audience,
1: show, was dead, and it wasn't going to come... Like, that animated show, maybe five people would have watched it, but I don't think so, because that animated show with, with Richard E. Grant was going to be online. It was just going to be online. It wasn't going to be
0: aired. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that so, was a bad time for online streaming. Well,
1: they <laughs> specifically animated it, so it would be a fast download.
0: Oh, okay. Ooh, so, like, uh, not
1: a lot of facial movements, uh, not a lot of... Um, And Richard E. Grant doesn't do his best work in that animation. Yeah. I think that he does get get better towards the end. He gets, like, he's funner. He's a funner doctor towards the end. So what about you, Brennan? What's your favourite? I I do like the interior, but I I would have to go with Christopher Eccleston's portrayal, like that grieving, self-hating
0: kind of tugging at himself. Mm. What about you? For me... um, I'm just trying to get the mental image of Christopher Eccleston tugging at himself. <laughs> <laughs> we we all dream of it, but <laughs> you have to let it go. Um, I'm. Uh,
1: Remember when you brought up the off? You're welcome. <laughs>
0: uh, I think my favourite thing is, uh, much like yours, Brennan, uh, the portrayal of, of the Doctor, um, the fact that he was so grounded and so real, like there was a, a human quality to him, uh, and also the fact that he was able to smile but look sad. mm that uh, is an I, interesting acting quality I, I think that that was um that was a, a really haunting part of his performance and i really enjoyed it uh and i think anyone that starts knew who should start there a lot of people skip nine um because they there's know about the, for the quirky charismatic guys that come later but i think that they you really should start with nine because it's a lot of fun um
1: there's a there's a saying that you shouldn't skip nine but uh having re-watched it there's a reason people do everything that this season does it is done better by another doctor towards the like faster funner easier yeah yeah but it's a good i think it's a good um training wheels for doctor who i mean if you want training wheels for doctor who
0: well 11's right there
1: yeah feckle also if you want something that isn't doctor who but feels like classic doctor who but isn't uh watch the sarah jenny ventures
0: i was gonna say just watch loki uh, i i don't have a analogy for classic who sorry <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, uh, that's all from us today, folks. Uh, thank you for joining us on This Is Not A Who cast. Uh, thank you, Brendan, for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. Um, you're invited back anytime.
1: Woo. Woo. <laughs> Woo. I will shit Woo. on all the new Who doctors at some stage. I'm very excited <laughs> for that. Yeah.
0: yeah. You're our ninth doctor. You're easing us into <laughs> your, next week. It's just going to be like cutting throats. And
1: I, w- I wanted to be nice to, well, Everyone who worked on this show who put blood, sweat, and tears and possibly even Gentleman Source um, <laughs> uh, into this show oh. um, because you know it is a great show and a lot of people put hard work into this, mm. and it is amazing like that. We now have not only had one doctor but what five doctors since him and a female doctor, which is. It's really. It cool. is shocking mm. that like to think like this show that started back in the fifties has it,
0: progressed so far.
1: Yes, I, I love that as well. I love how much it's changed and how much it stayed the same. Mm. It's really good to have you
0: on board. You're invited back
1: anytime. Uh, so I've been Brennan Smith, I am Bo Baker. and I'm Daniel. And
0: next week we're going to talk about Tent Doctor Dammit. <laughs> oh. Thank you for joining us on This Is Not a Who Cast. Bye.